This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 459, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 459. I am Josh Flanagan, and with me is... Paul Montgomery. Yes. It, was, that, it sounded like it was a recording. That we're like we're going to use the Paul bot for this one. This is Paul Montgomery. And once again, and listen, this isn't how it's going to be. It just <laughs> happens that this is a particularly busy time of year. Uh, it's Connor's birthday right now as we record, and, and he was like, forget you, suckers. I got a pretty girlfriend, and I'm going out of the town. It's hopefully face down on the sidewalk somewhere That's in the in the good way. His natural state. His natural state. His, so uh, so we're down a man. Uh, we if will... you looked up Connor on Google Earth, mm-hmm. you would see him face down on the sidewalk. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. But if you spelled that's it, the average. But if you spelled it C-O-N-N-E-R, you wouldn't because that's not You would him. see Connor giving you the finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Just that look of disappointment in his eyes. So, we are iFanboy. We like comic books. Every week we read a bunch of them, like like this week, for example. One of us uh, has to pick the best book that they read, and we call that the pick of the week. We talk about it on the show. We're going to talk about other books from the week and some other stuff that comes up. And uh, we hope we are, our aim is to be both entertaining and informative. There it is. Edutainment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Edutainment. Well, that, that just makes us sound horrible. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder, this is a review show, which means we are talking about what happened in the books, Uh, so if you haven't read them and you are sensitive to having your experience of reading them spoiled, then please, by all means, uh, remove yourself. Otherwise, come back later, you'll be fine. Paul, you had the pick of the week this week, and in some ways, you had an easier time than me uh, than I did last week, and in some ways, uh, not, I think. Okay. I, I don't know what your experience was last week, but my experience last week was that uh, it was a uh, it was a bit of a milk toast lineup, mm-hmm. and, and but I didn't have a lot to read. So as opposed to this week, many good books that took a long time to read, and good in in very different ways. So yes. the pick this week was She Hulk number nine, and it's really just a coincidence. Not making any kind of a statement because it was announced that it's canceled with January's issue twelve, I believe. I think we- I think we know yes twelve, but that we but that was to go ahead and just get this out of the way. That was the uh, that was the announced uh, not announced, but that was the length of the original story. It was twelve like here's the twelve issues. Here's what it's going to be. Yeah, uh, you know, enjoy. But Didn't I get a new we, episode order. I think we all know why you actually picked this book because it was good. Well, maybe a different reason though. So it was great. Maybe you know, but maybe something more specific that's maybe a little closer to home. Just anything at all in the book that you think that you might. I have. think there's no mech in there. Yeah, that, I know that's true. You know, we'll just we'll just come back to it. We'll come okay, back. Okay, we'll it. come back to it. That's fine. Old man, Captain America. Old man, Steve Rogers. Captain um, Dockers. Captain is um, stony faced. Steve Rogers is on trial for the wrongful death of a guy back in the forties. Scumbag had it coming. Scumbag had it coming. Uh, this is a really interesting case. And being an interesting case, two very interesting litigators involved. So we've got She-Hulk on one side, defending Captain America, defending Steve Rogers. And we've got on the other side, Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil. Everybody knows he's Daredevil now, which is kind of fun. Um, and everybody knows that Steve Rogers is Captain America now. Everybody knows who everybody is, and it's 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 hard to miss. Everybody knows who She-Hulk is. You're right. It's she's She-Hulk thing. because she's green all the time. Yeah, it's true. No, she didn't have to be, but she is. Wouldn't you but be? She is. I sure. So, this is this is a talking head issue mostly, and I guess, and, but but that belies the, a way that it was. It is. Uh, it's a talking head issue, but boy, it's a, it's a well laid out talking head issue if that's the case. 
Yeah, it it really moves, and it's it's fascinating. It's not just like you know, just any murder case. It's not just interesting because it's Steve Rogers. It's interesting for a whole bunch of reasons. It's there's the explanation at the beginning where Matt Murdock, who is kind of mercilessly prosecuting Steve Rogers, doing a very good job, hold not pulling any punches. We eventually find out that's because Steve asked him to do this to the full extent of his ability. Um, because justice needs to be served. And Steve sort of uh, reveals himself to be the worst, most aggravating client to have if you're a lawyer mm-hmm. um, on the defense side. So anyways, um, Matt explains that, you know, this is this is an interesting case because we're allowing a witness to describe a uh, what a deathbed confession, basically, or not a confession, but um, a testimony from someone who is about to die. Uh, so it's not hearsay if the person knows that they're about to die. And it's some pretty damning evidence against Steve that in continuing to talk during a very tense scene, he caused someone else's death. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very complicated and murky kind of uh, issue, but it's laid out in such a way that it's very easy to understand. Yeah. Um, Charles Soule is a very good lawyer. <laughs> um, <laughs> he makes everything pretty straightforward. So we presume. So we presume. Um, but anyways, I just thought this was really compelling. And the only action sequence in it is an exposition scene, basically, where Matt appears uh, to Jessica and Jennifer. Excuse me. I, can't, I always forget which J name it is. Um, to She-Hulk. And uh, says – Jennifer, this is why I'm. This is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm, you know, being so aggressive in my prosecution because Steve told me to. And when Captain America tells you to do something, you do it. And he basically tells her in a like a rooftop chase. So it's like one opportunity to have an action <laughs> sequence, but there's really no fighting, no, you know, super heroics it's, going on in this issue. Just getting a run in. It's just, but it's, but it's about, uh, it's about justice and. Um, how uh, superheroes might behave. And again, you know, Steve is that friend who's got to do the noble thing and raining on your parade. And he's not going to make it easy uh, to get through this. He's not going to rest on his laurels and just be Steve Rogers um, and say, you know, I'm, you know, uh, I'm a hero. I'm a do-gooder. And of course, these allegations are not true. Um, He wants Matt to do his job. So the, and I think he says so. The truth will come out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that I don't know. I was I was smitten by this issue. Mm-hmm. I was I was super impressed by it. From a, I really like the the character work of of her, like the position of 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 She Hulk who who is trying to be confident as a lawyer. But we spend enough time with her, we know that she's not entirely confident. But part of it is the act of being confident, right? And how well that was uh, presented in a comic book form as she's trying to be confident for Steve Rogers because because he's Captain America, you know, and, and so she's putting up this face for him. But also he's Captain America and she, she doesn't need to try to she doesn't need to try to fool him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I really I really enjoyed like how well that was done. I thought that it came through really clearly all the stuff that was going on. So then as you go along, you're watching this, This you're watching Matt just eviscerate her in the courtroom, and, and she's like, we are in a lot of trouble. Um, but then at the same time, uh, uh, you know, then you have this reversal where you learn, you know, what, what what's not really what's going on, but it's different than you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just thought it was, I thought it was really nice plotting. It was, I was I was really impressed by the the structure and the plot and how how everything uh, sort of I mean, it hasn't come together yet, but how it mm-hmm. all developed, I suppose. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's a continuing story, but also, I mean, if you hadn't read any of the earlier She-Hulk issues, you could pick up this one totally, and everything would you know make sense. However, however, I if I had any, he there was a there was a ton in this issue. Like, there was a lot of things in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the officer uh when he said i'm going to explain what the guy said in his own words and then recited like a thousand words yeah verbatim i thought that was a little weird i thought the fact that i thought and i think this is a mechanical thing but i think it was difficult to fit um that whole little flashback thing in that two-page spread or was it four-page spread i forget but it was really compressed and i'm not entirely sure what 
happened. I mean, I, I get, I got the end result and it was fine, but it was kind of like, we just have to get that out of the way. Uh, it's just, it's just the little things I guess I noticed. Um, but by the end, um, the last, the very last two panels, mm-hmm. uh, which is the top of Steve Rogers head. And he says, he says everything he says is true. And then, she, and then you see the bottom of her face completing that image. Like it's one image. She just goes, Oh, come on. So I was like, that's it was a wonderful ending. It was one of those, man, I want to read this I want to read the next part of this right now. It was it was a great ending and it's it's a superhero story in so much that there are superheroes in it, mm-hmm. but it's more like a you know, procedural kind of yeah. um kind of show, like kind of uh kind of chapter. And I just uh, Yes. Whoever, I don't know. I'm just it, I, I'm just taken with the um, with with the sort of the gambit that they took with this book. That, um, you know, who is this for exactly? People with great taste, well, I guess. But uh, 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 I mean, Charles wrote a blog post uh, Friday because uh, mm-hmm. the, the the information had just come out that the book was uh, slated to be done at number twelve, and and he kind of explains it. Uh, he explains it that. It's a book for all ages. It's a book for boys and girls. There's 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 pictures of of kids, of female kids reading it, and parents saying, you know, this is my my eight year old cheerleader daughter. This is the only comic she would ever read, uh, and it's important. And and so he was trying to make a thing for everybody. So while it's not necessarily an all ages comic, it doesn't talk down to anybody, but it's sort of written in such a way that you you can pretty much follow along, you know, to the extent that you you want to. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, at the same time, it's it's a it's a comic for snobs uh, like you and me, who are who are looking at this European art, going, "No, that's something different. That's something special." It's uh, you know, it's She Hulk. No, this is the other thing is that no She Hulk series has ever su- survived, and they have all been beloved by someone, but mm. never enough people. It's it's a, it's destined to be a cult book, and it's never because they were bad. John Byrne failed at it. Dan Slott failed at it, and now Charles Soule. Uh, I'm not gonna say he failed at it, but you know the book ended. That's what this that's what this title does. Mm-hmm. If a She-Hulk uh, series does not get canceled mid stride, is it truly a She-Hulk book? I don't, I don't think it is. Now at the same time, he is also writing Swamp Thing, which is the other one that legendarily crashes and burns under Mark Miller, Brian Vaughn, yeah. <laughs> like like really uh you know uh, big names so he's got one of them still going so that's that's really something <laughs> and there was a popcorn swamp thing in there just mm-hmm. recently so that's kind of interesting it's true I, a, f- a friend asked you know a lot of people have been talking up this book um would i like it i is there any cheesecake in there because like what level of it is there because i couldn't take that and just making the the sort of the presumption that it was going to be a cheesecakey she-hulk book because either because it's just a female superhero character or because that's the pinups that we see of she-hulk yeah and it was like there's exactly zero it's like the good wife i mean it's (laughs) like it's kind of it's there's that much cheesecake I think I would say there's even less cheesecake. Than yeah, that, but, yeah, probably uh, of the main I mean, character. It's, how's it's that? So not that it's the it's the reverse of cheesecake. It's yeah. the inverse of that, but still delicious. <laughs> you know. At the same time, Jen's courtroom outfit is fierce. It's fierce. Yeah, it's orange with a little belt. She's got that matching orange barrette, and that that sets off her green skin. That is some nice work right there. Also, I mean, is it finally time that we talk about Doctor Flanagan, the World War II expert? Is that where you were leading me? Yeah, that's where that's I was going. Cool. It's like I wonder if that's about Josh. I think it might be. <laughs> I think I think it's interesting they cast you as as a woman. Oh, that's fine by me. But uh, uh, you know, that's like when I claimed I claimed uh, Joe Keating having a donut and tech jacket. You know, that's that's just <laughs> bull. That's I, I put own, that there. I like donuts. donuts. I'm the I'm comics donut guy. That's songs about you, Josh. Yep, I know. I'm I'm like James Taylor and Warren Beatty. <laughs> I'm both of those things. Exactly. So yeah, you know what? Uh, I I don't know that I started off with that as a pick, but I could. I don't even know that it is my pick, but I could easily be be convinced that it. I'm absolutely convinced it's the right call. There's nothing wrong with that. I think uh, it's a good pick. It's a good good issue. Uh, we got three to go. Don't hear that it's canceled and stop reading it. Don't hear that it's canceled. And not go pick up the trades. This is a a contained story. Uh, actually, it's eight stories and twelve issues. That's actually what it's going to be at the end. So that's mm-hmm. pretty good. Good deal. So, what else came out this week? Multiversity, The Just, number one, by Grant Morrison and uh, uh, Ben Oliver. Or is it Olivier? I forget. 
Um, we didn't talk about this the last time it came out. Uh, it seems like I'm trying to figure out what this this is. I guess still we're still in that early <laughs> stage of a, of a Grant Morrison thing where you're like, what? What is this? Um, and there's a series of basically number one, they're not one shots, uh, but. Uh, this one I think was my favorite out of all of them so far. We're basically in a world uh, in the future, and all of the all of the heroes are all the heroes that we know from DC are gone, and the ones left are their children and sidekicks and their sidekicks' children. Uh, Batman is Damien. Uh, Superman is. It's funny because uh, they don't really tell you that right away, but Superman shows up. I was like, is that? Is that Chris? Is that still a thing? And they were like, "Hey, Chris." And I was like, "Yes, I remembered." Um, the son of Superman from from a, a number of years ago. Um, and the deal is, uh, all the Superman's, all the all the superheroes died off. But uh, before Superman, uh, Clark Kent left, he set up his Superman robots, and there's no crime or danger of anything. So the superheroes are dilettantes, and they have nothing to do. Um, or actually, uh, uh, no, uh, Lex Luthor killed Superman. That's what happened. Because Damien is dating uh, Lex Luthor's daughter, uh, and uh, sounds about right. It's you know what it was. It was really cool. It was, was Lex's daughter with who or I didn't say. I don't know. Okay. Mercy, I don't know. Uh, annoying cover. Really didn't like the cover. But after that, uh, I thought you know the Ben Oliver stuff gave it this sort of special otherworldly quality. Did you read this? I I did not. Um, okay. I think I'm. I, I think I'm going to wait until this is collected mm-hmm. um, because I I think the Easter eggs are lost on me. I don't think I know the mythology quite well enough to – because all, all these blog posts after the first one came out with all the annotations and I, here's no, everything going on. See, the on. thing is I don't think you need that. I don't need that. I mean you're, you're, you know who the characters are for the most. You know the main characters mm-hmm. are and you can kind of follow. I don't have time for all that shit. It's there if you want it, and that's cool. But like, I, I don't have the attention span to deal with all that, and I, I enjoyed it just fine. I okay. like, I like the mystery of it. There's a, I don't know. There's a, it's some, it's I think it's some good Grant Morrison, or at least it's the seeds of it. I, you know, who knows if it'll, it'll uh, deliver in the same way. But a lot of on these things, you know, these things where he's been thinking about them for a really long time, and I'm not using that as the iFanboy joke. I mean, like, I literally <laughs> think this is one of those things that's brewing, and you go, oh, this is, this is the right kind of thing for Grant Morrison. You know, like. It it just feels right for him. He's going to explore what it means to be a superhero and the sort of silly. Fun, like he's he's thought stuff. about these characters yes. and all the extrapolations to the point where it would be more appropriate to say he's lived with them for decades. He, he might say that literally. Yeah, uh, judging uh, from some of my past readings of his work, um, mm-hmm. I was I thought it was super interesting. It was I was it was really good. I was kind of like I say I was surprised, but I was sort of on the fence when I came to this one. And then there's a, a magic other dimensional comic books uh, that are causing people to die or kill themselves or something. I don't, I don't even I don't even know. Oh, you know my, one of my favorite things in this is that uh, Connell or Superboy um, is in it, and like his story is that he's he's an artist and he, he has an art gallery opening and everybody comes to the party. But nobody wants to talk about the fact that um, he's because he's a clone. He's slowly turning into uh, he's turning into a Bizarro, <laughs> and so but like nobody wants to mention it. And so he starts coughing, he, coughing, and he's like, "Ugly art, am good." <laughs> um, sorry, sorry. Uh. That's great. And uh, it's just a it's neat. Just like, he's really good at neat concepts and playing around with this. And oh, and all the superheroes who have nothing left to do. So like Kyle Rayner and Wally West, like they stage big uh, super super villain reenactments. You know, with a giant Amazo robot, the Red Amazo, which is Red Tornado and Amazo, you know, because they don't have anything to do. And I, it's great. And there's <laughs> so all this like sort washed of, up. Actors. Yeah, well, it was sort of. But they're trying to keep in shape just in case and they kind of take it seriously. But then they're also like, you know, Red Tornado actually died during this. Is this OK? Is that too soon? And then <laughs> there's all this stuff that has happened that we that they're all dealing with and know about that we that, that we don't quite know about. Why am I not reading this? I don't know. Sounds you really, really like it. I, I, I swear. Like. Yeah, it was fun. And I think the last time you and I did a show, we didn't talk about uh, we didn't talk about this. And somebody was disappointed in it, um, but I didn't really have anything to say last time. But I do have stuff to say this time. So mm, okay, it's good. Starlight number six. This was the first book that I read out of all the books that I had this week, and I thought, well, that's 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 pretty much my pick. It was that's a contender. Be it. it was up there. Yeah, it really was. I think uh, I think the thing that really made me happy about it was that I didn't. Because it was Mark Miller, I didn't know what to expect. I really, I kept thinking. So basically, this is the last issue 
of this of this. I guess it's a mini series. Like it, it could go on later, but I think it's just the six issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know where the hero saves everybody, and I just kept waiting for the rug to get pulled out, and he didn't. You're just, like, yeah, you're just waiting for like his yeah. bowels to spill out, or he's got cancer. At, or at no point did Duke he's in a falter. coma and he's dreaming this, or you know. Yeah, at no point did Duke falter, and I kept thinking, well, that's going to be the thing. He really is too old. Not even like not even like the faint of it, though. Yeah, there wasn't even the moment that the hero stumbles, and you think, oh my goodness, is this it? Yeah. No, they just he just he just saved the day by being tough. Like every page, I was like, this is too good to be true. This yeah. is going a little. It's that it's a thing that reading of the end of uh, Breaking Bad where they were saying this is it's 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 going too perfectly. It's going too smoothly. This is like a, you know, uh, male, you know, f- like fantasy, like come true that he gets yeah. to do this crazy thing with the guns and and he's got to be dreaming this. It's, it's got to be a hallucination. But, but, but as a as a reader who is so conditioned to that sort of cynicism, it mm. turned out to be surprising. Which I liked, and also it's it's Mark Miller. Like I, you know, he's I expected him to do the flip on us, and there was just nothing cynical. There was nothing hidden about this, and for some reason that should seem like it's unimaginative, but it totally worked for me. Uh, looking that, at the page of all the people pouring into the amphitheater, basically, mm-hmm. and that great Mustang, that great Goran Parlov, yeah, Mustang. Um, this is awesome stuff. And I mean, if you like, you know, and there's like, I mean, there's, it's total straight up uh, Mobius hats. Mm-hmm. So if you do like, if you are snobs like us, as Josh said, and like the European comics, uh, this is, I mean, it doesn't get much more gorgeous than this. No, no. And it's just like, it was light and old timey adventure and the hero wins and well, all right, you know, and, and he gets back home and all of his kids respect him and everything's good. Like, okay, really? I was just like I'm just and I get to the last page and was like it's it, it, we had the exact same reaction I was like when is the other shoe going to drop yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't and I th- and that might be why it's not the pick not that I wanted the shoe to drop but because I'm still waiting for it to yeah. drop like like I'm still waiting to like open the door and there to be like an insert like and this is here and this is like oh we forgot this is the last two pages and something terrible happens to I'm, him I'm going to go ahead and give Mark Miller credit for for stringing us along to that point mm-hmm. i maybe I, i'm gonna go ahead and think oh he did this number. he know he knows we're all waiting for it and, and at, the, at the very last panel you're like what's the thing gonna be what is it what's gonna show me that the villain's still there nope that's it he's fine everything's good and i'm cool with that so bamboozled by sincerity <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and earnest swashbuckling fun uh this was great yeah so what did you think of arkham manor arkham manor it's the best worst idea ever <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a terrible idea, but, right? Okay, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not arguing. That's good. And 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 I think uh, Jerry Duggan, the writer, has talked about that a little bit. That it's like, why would you put all of the Arkham inmates under Wayne Manor? And you know, there's there, this is there's a lot of setup here. Um, and basically, I guess in the fallout of Batman Eternal, which I haven't been reading, uh, Arkham Asylum is no more. Um, yeah, and, I, I usually don't understand what's going on, and I just assume I'll put it together at a contest. But I mean, it works. I mean, you can. You can and I haven't done that. Explains yet. it. So it's. Yeah. A, but basically, Arkham Manor has been, or, or Arkham Asylum has been leveled. Um, Bruce Wayne no longer has control of Wayne Manor, and is sort of because of eminent domain. Eminent yeah. domain. They're they going to can... go in, and they're going to make Tell Wayne you Manor. <laughs> I didn't know these Democrats had this kind of power, and I think I'm about switching. <laughs> I hope there's more of the bureaucrat characters in there who yeah. are just like, I put that last one on there just as a joke. And he's like, you know what? That sounds pretty cool. We can put Arkham Asylum in Wayne Manor. And then I loved seeing the, the bits where Batman is down in uh, in the Batcave and there's all this concrete, you know, that it, it very shoddily like uh, installed uh, at the top of the steps so that no one can get down into the Batcave. Um, and he's ta- he, he took the, the painting of his parents and um, so that's wherever he's living now, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the current status quo in the in the Batman book uh, that we last left with uh, Endgame, and uh, it's just a weird idea. And, and now people are starting to die, so of course he's got to go undercover into Arkham Asylum. Yeah, and he takes on the identity of someone named uh, Jack Shaw, and uh, it's just such a crazy idea. But why not do that? It's with so crazy. Like Batman. 
it just might work. It just might work. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I like Duggan's take on Batman. Uh-huh. Um, that that whole sequence where he's rescuing this woman, and he says, you know, call for an ambulance, and she's like, I'm fine. And he's like, it's not for you. <laughs> and then just starts beating them, beating the crap out of these guys. Yeah. Uh, and the art is very... Um, how would I describe the art? It's, I don't uh, know how you would describe the art. I don't know how I would describe it. Uh, I was it's very Sean Murphy. It. I think. It, it, it yeah, Sean Murphy Sean m- mixed with maybe a bit of uh, Dustin Gwynn, maybe. Yeah. Does that sound mm-hmm. about right? I think that's where I was. Uh, I, I didn't love it, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, this is, this is a cool thing. And, and in fact, like I like I liked Jerry Duggan a lot. Yeah. I think he's... I think he's a really funny guy, but I think that underneath that too, like he's a pretty good storyteller, and I I, I think he's getting better. Mm-hmm. Like if he's one of those guys, like it's going to be fun to watch him uh, get better because he's been kicking around at the corners of comic books for a while. Um, like I, said, I, th- I think it's a lot of it's a lot of setup in this first issue, and so yeah. I think got to grab the second issue just to judge what it's going to be like. But mm-hmm. as a status quo, um, it's it's like crazy fanfic. And uh, that could be fun. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. So, thumbs up to the current bad offices regime. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm Thanks. glad to see... I'm glad to see other things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I like to see some experimentations and moving around. You know, my, my question about this kind of thing is always like, well, where is this? How does this fit? Is this in... The, in and like, I don't really care what it is. I just like to understand like this isn't supposed to be happening at the same time as the other stories, is it? And then I'm like, no, it's fine. I don't care. I just, I just want to know. Um, let us talk about, uh, Lazarus number 12, where we always know what is happening (laughs) and, and where we are because, uh, there's only the one story. So it's, there's not, there's not a mini series to get confused about, for example. Um, I love this. Uh, as you know, my threat stands, (laughs) And that's just, if you haven't been listening for a long time, the threat is, if uh, if you're out there listening, and I have told you to get Lazarus, you did not, and it gets canceled, I will come for you. It's a fun party. Yeah. The cover made me start humming uh, the Beauty and the Beast theme. Mm-hmm. They look like Beauty and the Beast there. And there is a bit, I was about to say a bit of bestiality, but that's not the word I was looking for. There, there, there are some beastly Car- characters. Carnality? There's... <laughs> There are some there are some some beasts behind the beauty. I don't know. Um, I, I'll tell you right now why I put this on the list and what I wanted to talk about it is this is the first time that we've spent time with the heads of some of the heads of the families and seen how they work with each other, and and I re, and that I kind of got it. There's like this they're they're like royals really. There's a courtliness to it. There's procedure. There is uh you know there's there's things that must be done. There's protocol. Um, it's fun. But the thing I really dug about this is. It was the Lazari uh, mm-hmm. all together at one time, and you start to get a sense about what they're actually like and how human they are. Because Forever, the main one that we're watching, the Carlisle Lazarus, she doesn't quite know who she is yet, and she doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have a lot of personality of her own. And so you wonder, well, are these people are these like robots? Are they, you know? And you and you you get to see their their human side, I suppose, uh, which which I didn't expect yeah. to them to be so like like horny uh no it's true uh, uh, but or you know just to, to have that much uh personality and 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 free will presumably yeah um, um this this one filled some blanks in for me mm-hmm. um i'd kind of been hoping for some kind of issue and i didn't know exactly what i wanted but i wanted an issue or some kind of thread where we learned a little bit more about forever as an individual and because it's it's a very it's a plot heavy series and a lot of machinations and a lot of world building going on, but I wanted mm-hmm. a little bit more humanity, for lack of a better word. It is a coming uh, of age story. I mean, really, yeah. and that's what that's what we're watching with forever. I feel like. And so I love the sequence where she's getting up to dance, and she says, and she looks absolutely terrified, and she's like, "But I don't know how to dance," and and he says, "Forever, of course you do," because she's like a perfectly engineered person (laughs) and so she's uh, for whatever reason she has the muscle memory the innate ability to dance spectacularly and we get a silent sequence where she's dancing and people are looking on 
and all the reactions, that's so much storytelling there. You know, you don't have to have thought balloons or, or you know, asides where they're saying, oh, I hate this person. It's all done through the, you know, the facial reactions. The wonderful, wonderful character acting of Michael Lark. Mm-hmm. That guy's so good. I love, I love, I love the expressionism of his pages so much. I love to look at them and go, oh, I know exactly what I'm looking at and everything is perfectly shaped. And then you zoom in with your eyes and you focus on something and you see every inky brush mark. It's mm-hmm. just, it's this wonderful, like... Like the, the, the sum of the parts is greater, you know, the sum of the holes, I can't, it's gone. Whatever it is, I was, you know what I'm saying? Words. Yeah, exactly. Things, uh, yes. Like, you know, they, like it, it's, it looks, it looks, like the brushwork looks downright messy when you focus on it. Pull your eyes back a little bit and it is just exquisite. It just really, enjoy the dance, Josh. Yeah, I, that's what I, I am in my own way. Um, but another good issue. That's why when I was in uh, high school musicals, the choreographer told me, you're thinking too much. Stop thinking. Just dance, Paul. That's, that's my entire life. Is that and a then, real story? Yeah. And then, the, and then the next play, I said, could I be – it was South Pacific. I said, could I be positioned behind a palm tree? And I said, we don't have palm trees. And I said, well, we should. So, okay, wait now. Hold on. I actually had fun doing those music. So say that I would, I would give a million dollars to see that. There's videotapes. Oh wow! Yeah, not digitized, but so say that you go to say that you go to a wedding, mm-hmm. and there's 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 dancing. Yeah, are you are you out there? I can I can slow dance. I don't I don't know what to do. The other things. Yeah, I'm very self conscious. So. No, there, there you go. I don't I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I wish I could, but I just a I usually hate the music, and that's a good excuse for me. Yeah. Oh no, I I hate this music, but it's such a typical nerd thing. Right. To not dance at a wedding and not just be able to have fun. Uh, it's nice that forever got to is my point, I guess. Yeah. That's good. Live vicariously through this assassin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just not have that thought, you know, I'm pretty sure I look like an idiot right now. Nobody cares that you look like an idiot, but you know in your heart you look like an idiot. And there's where the problem is. So. If you wanted to get uh, oh, I had it. how to dance. Yeah, that's that's where I was going. We were, we were right there. Zumba. Zumba. Yes. Brazilian workout dance. Isn't that what that is? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for that. You could go and buy that at Amazon. But there's a specific way that you could buy it at Amazon that helps me and the greater us. Uh, and by fanboy. You can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and the link there will take you to our Amazon affiliate link, which means that what you buy at Amazon, uh, a little piece of that is going to go to the ifanboy.com organization. Um, and that's a very uh, easy way to contribute, uh, give it back a little bit, uh, especially as as we get into the holidays. Uh, listen, listen, who has time to go out and shop? You can get stuck in traffic. You're gonna go. To, you're gonna go to the mall. They're not gonna have what you want. It's a pain. Just buy the thing from the Amazon link we got, and you're done. You could be done with all of your holiday shopping and buy big, by the way, uh, by the end of November, and just 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 call it a day. So you could do that. Very little human interaction. It's a wonderful thing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we are not full humans. I should. Nope. Oh, it's it's not. We're not fully realized people. And that's your problem. We're like Lazarus. And soon although without the, any of the, the physical drones that'll drop off the packages, if that you know. I have had to have awkward conversations with my UPS guy. Why do you keep getting boxes of comic books? Shut up, sir. Shut up. That's not what I told him because he's going to come back the next day and it would be too weird, which is back to the root of the problem. Anyway, you could also contribute directly uh, by a gift of your monies. Uh, you go to ifanboy.com slash registration and you could uh, donate directly. You could go $3 a month or $30 a year as we have set it up or you could uh, any, anything of your own choosing if you want to give a little back to the show. Uh, helps us. Uh, there are costs. Oh, there are costs. The thing is, Carol's dental plan... She insisted on having it, and and you got you know what rates are like these days. Anyway, she lives on lemon drops. Yeah, exactly. That stuff will eat right through your enamel. Um, there it is. So, oh no, I oh no, <laughs> oh no, stray oh. bullets killers number eight. Um, I think I've I've I missed talking about a few of these because I was off for some of the episodes. Hold on, let I'm me catch people up. With your stray bullets report, rape, bestiality. Okay. 
I'm going to try and keep this short. This one adds the new wrinkle of abortion. Um, we've got this as uh, you may recall. This is the most miserable <laughs> ongoing serial <laughs> um, from David Laffham today. Uh, anyways. Eli and Virginia, our two star-crossed lovers in the 80s, are on a bit of a break right now. And Eli, who you may recall, has a prosthetic leg. Uh, that leg has been taken from him by his cousin. Uh, he will not give it back until he takes his girlfriend, the cousin's girlfriend, to the clinic to get an abortion because it is an unwanted pregnancy. And Eli takes this young woman to the clinic he realizes very quickly that she does not want this procedure, and they go to this summer house that he and Virginia had been going to, um, and one thing leads to another, and some one-legged, or I guess three-legged uh, sex uh, with the cousin's girlfriend. And it all ends in a hail of gunfire, and uh, Virginia shows up and saves them, and they're sans clothing, huddled in a bathtub. Um, waiting for the gunman to arrive. Uh, but Virginia saves the day. But wait, what are you doing with my boyfriend in the bathtub with no clothes? It's a, it's a heartwarming story. I think everyone should check it out. I don't, I don't, know, how, I don't know how you're able to do it. Did I don't, you walk I don't away? <laughs> Just walk away? Did you walk away from the microphone? No, no. I, just, I think I sat back a little bit. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so, that, so anyways, that's, that, that continues to be... Just I recoiled is what I said. did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you recoiled and stayed there. Um, how about Stumptown number two? Some more Greg Rucka goodness uh, with Justin I, Greenwood. I'm a little embarrassed. Yeah. I actually, I didn't I didn't make it. As we were about to record the show. Yeah, you realized. I, I looked up and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be down there in five minutes. Uh, so I, it, was my, it was my next thing to read. Uh, so of the, I think this was the that was the seventeenth comic book of the day that I didn't get to. So what I want to know is yeah. uh, is what did you think? Because I was a, I was left a little cold by the other one, right. which was very disappointing. I don't know I don't know if this would um this would allay your uh, your anxieties about the <laughs> like series. We just because hang out with the football refs. It continues to be a slow burn. A lot of this issue is in the uh, waiting room while their friend is you know in a coma. He was he was assaulted after the soccer game in the previous issue. Um, and forever and a forever, <laughs> uh, Dex and Ansel are, are hanging out in the waiting room and we see some of, uh, some of the guy's friends show up and alluding to the fact that we think the, you know, the Seattle fans are responsible for this. And, um, there's this sort of powder keg building up that this is all about soccer hooliganism and, uh, you know, the rival clubs from Seattle and Portland and, you know, either side is kind of itching to, you know, question the other side and, and Dex doesn't know quite what to think. And it's only at the, towards the end of the issue where she actually starts investigating, uh, and going around the area, uh, surrounding the, uh, the stadium and, uh, it, it, it's a slow burn, but I like that. I, I think that he's, he's dropping subtle clues and it's more about this city and the, uh, the tensions uh, and sort of the, this, this weird phenomena that's surrounding kind of this one sport especially mm -hmm. and not usually in America. Usually you think of that as – I wasn't aware that European. there was much hooliganism in America. I, yeah. was, I was aware that when it came to American soccer slash football, there was a great deal of indifference. Mm -hmm. um, there are high school athletes. But hooliganism, I thought, was, uh, was like completely restricted to, to, to the Brits. Yeah, so it's, I like it because it's, like, it's, a, it's a very specific scenario. Sure. Um, these particular towns or these particular cities and, and communities are – more hardcore about it than elsewhere in the country. And it's so far removed even from the European scene that, you know, like, you know, what's going on here? And so you can't really do this story in any other setting. And it's pretty, I, I, I'm, I'm into it. Right. I'm very curious to see where it goes. And I, and I like the human element. I I've like the relationship between her and, and Ansel. So uh, I'm digging it. So here's another one. I, a bunch of people are clamoring uh, for Edward Scissorhands comics, apparently. 
Really? Um, apparently. Uh, so this this a new book over at IDW. I wasn't going to read this until some friends were talking about it. Uh, this is written by Kate Leth with art by Drew Rausch. And I had no idea what to expect with this. You know, it's sort of, it's pretty self-contained movie. You know, I wasn't really expecting the ongoing adventures of Edward Scissorhands. It's not like when I walked out of Pacific Rim, I can't wait for, for Pacific Rim 2. I, it's not, I was not waiting for Edward Scissorhands 2. Um, and you could even, you know, use the, the shears to do like the Roman numerals too. Mm-hmm. I mean, but anyways, this is a, this is a sequel and let me ask you a question. I'm sorry. I want to. I'm gonna go, go ahead and you can tell me more. Now I know that you liked uh, Pacific Rim uh, very much. Uh, yeah. Have you ever watched Sons of Anarchy? Uh, I started it and I was like, I don't think this is for me. So because yeah, that's my question. How can you like something with Charlie Hunnam in it? Uh, since since Sons of Anarchy is the worst thing to ever air. Well, there's your answer. I haven't watched that much of it. Okay. So. Okay. That what I that I just did I there. By I the way, asterisk trolling. It's not one of the... It does have Idris Elba, Elba in it. That's It's all about the Idris yeah, Elba. That's true. I just realized that both Charlie Hunnam and Ron Perlman are in that. Mm-hmm. God, I have to rethink my tacit Ron approval Ron Perlman's a lot, is a lot of fun in that movie. Anyways, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, sorry. Number one from IDW. Um, the art in here is really fun. It's kind of like... Um, it reminds me of like a, like a Cartoon Network animated style. Mm-hmm. So it's very cute, very charming. It takes place after the events of the movie where, you know, there's that coda in the movie where Winona Ryder is older and she's, you know, uh, remembering this weird experience with this Edward Scissorhands person. Mm -hmm. And she has since died. And so this is about her granddaughter. Uh, And she movie where Winona Ryder is old and uses old voice. And you can that's what I just heard. uh, Star Trek. Star Trek. But she wasn't doing like I was. She didn't really talk that much. Yeah. No. Anyway. But anyways, yeah, so so she and she's kind of like written off off panel. There's just like a, a newspaper notice that says she's died. And uh and so the the new character is the granddaughter. Um the the daughter of the Winona Ryder character doesn't hold to any of these stories that her mother told her, but the granddaughter uh you know believes in in these fairy tales and, and about this Edward Scissorhands character. Meanwhile, Edward Scissorhands is back in the estate where he grew up with uh, Vincent Price and he's living alone, but he discovers another automaton, um, the kind of robot boy who's more mechanical. And I, he basically, in looking for a friend, he activates him and it looks like he's not going to be as friendly as Edward Scissorhands. So we'll see where that goes. But if you like Does the movie... Does he have scissors for hands as well or is it another he has like um, He has like uh, Rosie the Robot hands from the Jetsons. Okay. Like claw oh, hands, like claw. or like when old people have like the stick with the claw to grab things. Okay, the okay. grabber. Yeah, he has like grabber hands. Okay, but not like a dinosaur head grabber, like a regular mechanical grabber. What would be the point if it was in the dinosaur head though? Or like a claw machine? Yeah. Okay. Grabber. Yeah. Like uh, like uh, uh, Bender. Bender. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay. I so. like how you went for Rosie first, though. By the way, big props. Yeah. Big props. His boy Elroy, Jane his wife. His boy Elroy. Okay. Uh, and that man, this is all me. <laughs> no, no, I can, no, no, I'm with you on this one. We get in the divine number five. Uh, this is really cool. I did not expect this. This is where the spoiler warning comes in. Lucy was sort of like the breakout star of this series. Uh, there's already been a ton of Lucy cosplays out there, and they blew up her head. Ooh, blew it up. They did in the same spectacular like way that the uh, was it the judge it was the judge yeah originally? who she was um, accused of uh, you know she does that snapping the fingers thing yeah 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 I uh, I, I loved the cliffhanger in this that we find out that uh, the the girl is it, ah, is it Laura There's so many comic books with so many characters in them what the it's hell okay. is your name anyways the our main girl the mm-hmm. super fan uh, basically becomes the new avatar for Lucifer nice. Uh, she snaps her fingers at the end, and uh, Let there be match light. lights up. This is my and, favorite issue of the series so far. Yeah, I liked it. It really it brought stuff together in a way that I think I'd lost the thread a little bit here and there. Maybe it's because I don't have a master's degree in in uh, mythology or mm-hmm. or uh, godisms. Godisms. I don't know that that's correct. There you go. Whatever. Uh, Theology. I thought, it, I thought it was nice. I, the one thing I've had a handle on the whole time is sort of the characters. Um, and I really liked I really liked Lucifer as a character because it was she was interesting. 
Mm-hmm. You know, just didn't quite know where she stood. Not 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 very far from if you liked what what uh, Galen did with Loki. I guess. Yes. Um, sort of like that. In fact, very similar. Now that I <laughs> sort of saying it out loud. Um, no, I thought it was a good issue. Sort of like a like a mischief god yeah. kind of character, and just sort of the kind of deliciously evil kind of character that we always enjoy. Can also just just seize through all the BS of all yeah. of the things and is bemused by it. So you can't you don't have because they you know it's like a, a giant among humans and and you can't really expect them to have the same you know behavior. You know, and I imagine this is where the the story proper sort of really begins. Mm-hmm. This is an ongoing, and he's talked about Gillen's talked about um, this being about becoming a creator of things mm-hmm. and what that means. And so when you have a fan character in here becoming one of the gods, uh, what's that power going to be like in her hands? What is that responsibility going to be like? Uh, what is she going to do with that? And what what is she, what's the experience going to be becoming part of that pantheon that she's been at odds with mm-hmm. in her defense of uh, Lucifer? So it's a really interesting wrinkle. Yeah. And did not see that coming, but it makes total sense when you actually sit down and look at all the pieces. Yep. Um, and of course, absolutely gorgeous. I think some of Jamie McKelvey's best work yet. Um, yes. You look, I, I've looked back at some of his older stuff, and while it's still, you know, great, you can definitely see how the evolution. Oh, I think his style has always been intact, but his storytelling, the storytelling, uh, yeah. and, his, and his layouts uh, have become much more diverse and, mm-hmm. and strong. Yeah. So, did you continue <laughs> reading Cyclops? I did, and then I was like, I don't know if I'm going to continue anymore. At the end of it or halfway through? Halfway through. And then? I don't know. Okay. I don't know how I felt about this. I just, I kind of really liked what, what Rucka did with his run of issues, mm-hmm. with those first five, and, 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 and Russell Dowderman too. Yeah. Um, I, thought that it, I thought it was a really fun story and, and really kind of self-contained, and I don't know. Um, I, I'm sort of going back to I'm migrating back to that place where I was like I don't like Scott Summers that much. Okay, I I liked it. I was yeah. uh, I was I didn't definitely dislike it. I'm just I know. was definitely more into it than I was because I was I entered the day just going, all right, you better win me over because I'm out of here. And I, you know I like Layman. I like Layman a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. I thought the characters were consistent uh, mm-hmm. from where they were before. Scott's outfit for some reason looked way more ridiculous than it had in the past. <laughs> Like like he had like super short shorts with his like vest tucked in. I was weird. I was like, what a nerdlinger. That needs to stop. <laughs> and just the faces that he pulled. Yeah. Were just, so yeah, I mean, it was a little Poindexter, basically. I mean, the edges were rounded off a little. I think that made it that made it interesting before. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, at the same time, it wasn't bad. I I really like the conceit. I really like this like this. Not really nerdy, but this withdrawn kid who just doesn't really know what to do, and he doesn't fit in, and and his dad is Han Solo, mm-hmm. and and like and it turns out Han Solo, at least from the perspective of the kid, it seems like a pretty good guy, and I'm waiting again, I'm waiting for that shoe to drop, of him not being a good guy, and at that point I will drop the book, mm. like I want him to just be a good dad, and then things don't work out, but that d- doesn't seem to work dramatically, and I'm gonna oh, get this mad. Is, this is your dad book. Oh yeah, well they all are. Every, every, everything, everything, is. Is. every even single, the, even thing when there is. isn't a father-son relationship. Yeah, no, but but seriously, like I, well, I the like way that. About Batman it. takes care of the car. So. It's well, the thing is, it's the brave choice because it's all, the 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 cliche choice is always, always, always that the uh, uh, distant father is going to drop the ball and get selfish. It mm. always happens that way, and I don't want it to. Because mm. uh, why does it have to? But we'll see. Because that, that's the end of the book there, when that happens. I think so often those stories are told from the point of view of the writer, <laughs> the storyteller, is the kid. Yes. And in this case, Rucka's talked about this. Is, I'm, ta- I'm talking about some – he's like I'm talking sure. about my experiences as a father because he has you know an adolescent son. So, um, And I like it from that perspective more. It's more instructive to me. Not that I'm learning how to be a dad from it, but it, it's more relevant to me. And I, I've seen enough estranged father stories, and I, I get the point. I know what it feels like. I don't need to. What's your favorite estranged father story? Uh, I will tell you. You can say Cyclops if you want. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
Okay. I remember watching an episode. <laughs> I remember episode, an episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air made me cry. <laughs> okay. Like a long time ago, like it was, and I was, I was, I was like watching it, like syndicated on my dorm room and t- like in my single room in college by myself, and like mm-hmm. at the end, Will Smith just like, I just wanted you to love me, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> there. I mean, there are dozens of them. I can't listen to Everclear's Father of Mine, and that's just stupid. <laughs> um, no, but I like it can be really powerful storytelling. I think, uh, and it's, I, it's just, I, it's, it's good to see. It's just good to see the good dad story. It's like it's you know it doesn't get done that much, so it's it's fun. It's if, like it's like star it's like Starlight. You're just like let the let the old man win. <laughs> if if my dad weren't my dad, yeah. I wish you were my dad, Josh. Oh, thanks. You'd be a good dad. Yeah, well, my well, dad's pretty awesome. So I'm a little impatient sometimes. So we've all got. Problems. Let's do some audience questions. <laughs> I will share on this show. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, which one you want to do first? Go for it. Let's talk about Heiko from Germany, right? So my question concerns a topic that came up on the last two shows, although this was written in months ago, probably, <laughs> namely, uh, namely done in one stories. What are some classics, your favorites and, and which ones didn't work for you at all? Uh, at the time I'm writing this, the only one I can think of is Wolverine and the X-Men number 17, written by Jason Aaron and drawn by Mike Allred, which told us about Dupe's job at the school. And it was pretty awesome. That was a great issue. Mm. Um, so what are some of your favorite done in one issues? I wish, I, I wish I'd had time to prepare for this. Do you have a prepared answer for this? I do have a prepared answer. Why don't you answer. go for yours and then I'll, I'll talk about mine. I wrote some down. Um, I really like Batman the Spirit. That was uh, Jeff Loeb and Darwin Cook. Yeah. Good answer. Good um, answer. I think one of my all-time favorites is, uh, again, by Darwin. Darwin Cook does some great one-and-dones. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Hex 50. Ba- basically, all of Darwin's Jonah Hex issues yeah. work like that. But Jonah Hex 50, in yes. particular, is just a really standout. That's one I'll always remember. It's it's the one where he and Tallulah have a kid, and there's this whole sequence where he's – what was he? He was doing like 50 – he had like 50 bounties that he was going after mm-hmm. um, to tie in with the issue 50. And it's just wonderful. And I, I have I a page from those characters. I think it's that issue. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Connor and Ron That's bought cool. it for me. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Brave and the Bold number 33. The only J. Michael Straczynski story I that, yeah. that I uh, endorse. Yeah. Um, and that is the story of. Um, he did some good murder she wrote, so I will say. <laughs> um, that is the story be. of the night before uh, Barbara Gordon is shot and loses mm-hmm. her uh, her legs. Um, mm-hmm. Wonder this Woman free New Fifty Two. Yeah, Wonder yeah. Woman and Zatanna. Yeah, uh, take her out for a night on the town dancing. Mm-hmm. It was uh, super sweet. Um, is that Cliff Chang? Did Cliff Chang draw that? Yes, Cliff Chang did draw it. It was uh, it was the, yeah. yeah. Um, there, was, there was another one that. Is gone. Uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, scalped. I don't remember the number, uh, but it's the one that I picked instead of uh, Blackest Night. It was a good one, and it was the story of these two. Um, I suppose they were Indians on the reservation. Um, this couple, these old people, and they were tr- their land was threatened to be taken away by an air force base, uh, and they're they're killed together. But it's a really sweet love story. It's I don't. One of my favorite that she was a scalped. Yeah, there's no there's a there's, there's a lot of one and dones out there that are good. If you were asking like what's a bad one, I I don't. Yeah, I don't know the answer I, to that. I mean, you just I just don't remember them then. Yeah, it's, you, yeah, it's just exactly. one story, and you just kind of you know it gets pushed out of your memory by other good ones. Um, one more I want to mention. Yeah, yeah. Hellboy in Mexico. Oh, good one. Uh, Mike Mignola and Richard Vampire Corbin. turkeys. Vampire, yeah, turkeys or chickens or something. Yeah. Um, and, and luchadors. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, there's actually Warren Ellis. All of Warren Ellis's issues for Moon Knight were one and dones, sort of. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And while I'm not going to pick out like that run or those specifically, like he's a guy who's really good at that. Um, there's specifically there's a collection of Hellblazer stories that Warren Ellis wrote, and they're mostly one issue stories. They're just little ghost stories or haunting stories or stuff like that. Um, they're all really good. And and at a time where I was not really a big Warren Ellis fan, I read that and I was like, these are these are wonderful. Um, I'm trying to think that there's a bunch of Hellblazer stories actually, but some of them might be two issues, and I don't remember here and there. I love just a great short story. Yeah, 
if it's one issue or if it's two issues, mm-hmm. um, I feel like those should count too. But it's when you can tell a great self-contained story. A lot of them are in you know the Mignola verse. Mm-hmm. A lot of great like you know issues that are sort of tangents off to the side that are that are fun. Um, what else is there? Uh, there was a there was a fun uh, Spider-Man story, Spider-Man Short Halloween, Seth Meyer and Bill Hader. Yeah, I didn't love that. Didn't love that. I thought that was fun. Um, was the Rhino story one? The oh. Joe Kelly Rhino story. I think it might have been two issues though. I think it's two issues. It's a really good little story. I guess if nothing else, um, I think like I'm I'm thinking of like like in Preacher. And I think mm-hmm. this was two issues, not one, but the one where uh, Jesse meets his uh, a guy who served with his father in Vietnam in an airport, mm-hmm. and they they talk. <laughs> what a coincidence! You can get away with stuff like that if it's really good. <laughs> um, and they talk about they talk about Jesse's father's experience in Vietnam. Um, I think it was two issues, not one, though. Um, most most issues of All Star Superman are kind of one and dones. Yeah, there's some of them that you know follows a kind of serialization but um the one where uh where pa kent dies like superman can't get to him in time that one stands out is it because he just walked out in the middle of a tornado for no reason to save the dog <laughs> just no don't don't save me don't but do why it. don't do it don't do it i'm gonna punch you in slow motion why 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 we should have that guy do all of the dc movies oh wait <laughs> that's a thing that's happening all right. We'll get letters. We'll get letters. I don't care. Okay. How about another question? I also I badmouth I badmouth Sons of Anarchy. It's a really popular show. <laughs> uh, Monty writes, "Yo, bros, if Wes Anderson was to ever probably won't ever happen, make a Marvel or DC movie. What character team series do you want to see him do? And how about non superhero comics? We're both Wes Anderson fans." You're way I'm more, more so, yeah. I, I'm, way more. I, I'm more like a lapsed Wes Anderson fan. I don't fun. feel I don't feel like about him like I do about Kevin Smith, but mm. uh I, I I don't have it in me like I used to. The last to. one was good. Which one was that? See the last one the hotel? No. I've heard it was good. It was good. I saw I was on an airplane and it was playing once and I was like, Well if I'm gonna watch it, I'm not gonna watch it like this. Um, no, I, so I haven't. But I I like I tried to watch uh was Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, you didn't like that. I, I, that was that's my least favorite. I think. That was that was pretty rough. I didn't like that. I didn't like. There was a string of them I didn't like. Mm. But but I will stand up for the Life Aquatic, not the Life Aquatic. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums and obviously Royal Tenenbaums, Rushmore. Yeah, I like Life Aquatic as well, but it's totally my wheelhouse. Yeah, all the you know. Anyway, anyways, I think. Oh, I hope you have an answer. for I this. do have prepared answers. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shazam. I'm pictur- I pictured it. I heard the music. Mark Mothersbaugh. It was like Big Red Cheese. All right, go ahead. Michael Gambon. <laughs> as the as, wizard? As the wizard. <laughs> Bill Murray as Talkie Tawny. <laughs> like a nebbish Bill Murray. <laughs> okay, so who's your who's your Captain Marvel? Is the Captain Marvel? Yeah. Ed Norton, probably. I don't know. I didn't think Is that he big ahead. enough? That's why it's funny. What about Ruffalo? About Ruffalo, Ruffalo, sure. Like I can see his little squinty eyes. I don't know. Maybe he's too old. Maybe like a younger Ruffalo. Um, he's always angry. Um, Just in in, ter- in terms of the the powers, mm-hmm. uh, I think Animal Man. Really, I could see him doing like yeah, I could see. I him don't doing, see that at all. I could see him doing Animal Man where it's um, it's Owen Wilson. Caca, <laughs> caca. <laughs> You're taking on the, the animal power, powers. The power of a bird. Yeah. I'm gonna be a bird. <laughs> see, you can see it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Um, I, I can't. I don't think I can go along with that one. Um, Doom Patrol. Bill Murray's the guy in the wheelchair. So you're using his standard. Ca- I mean, I guess he uses. Well, that's his standard the fun cast, of it. You use the repertoire. That's, that's the deal. I mean, Fantastic Four would have to be the answer, wouldn't it? Fantastic Four. I guess. Fantastic Four would totally have to be the answer. Uh, you see it just the, the way he uses practical effects to do like Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. It's fantastic. And the, the, the back, okay. He would do like a cross section of the with Baxter me. building. Work with me here. Yeah. George Clooney is Mr. Fantastic. Got it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Luke Wilson <laughs> as as uh, as the Human Torch. The Human Torch. Younger. Okay. I'm 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 using license. 
Okay. Bill Murray is the voice of the thing. Uh, and then let's see who. I, I like. I keep seeing Gwyneth Paltrow as the Invisible Woman. It kind of works if you put her Margot like. Or Kate Blanchett if you're going with the repertoire too. Yeah. How about yeah. Doctor Doom? Uh, Mr. Littlejohn? He's no. dead. <laughs> I know. Listen. He died sadly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is this is a fantasy thing. It's not going to happen. So, I mean, you can, <laughs> you do Luke Wilson as you do Luke Wilson as the Human Torch, and then Owen Wilson as as Doctor Doom. No, that's that's stupid. Although, yeah, like, what? literally, I think that I, I I'll go as far as the family thing, mm-hmm. and I think that that would be really interesting because you you could place it in the sixties, yeah, and you can have their you can have that stilted anti emotionalism, mm-hmm. where they're not saying any of the things, which which creates the tension, which makes the family interesting to watch, which is exactly like his stuff is is very family based, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that 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 works in that way. Jason Schwartzman has no parts in my in my movies. Oh, I'm kidding. he's got to. <laughs> yeah, you need Mole Man. No, no, uh, 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 Adrian Brody as as uh, as Doom. As Doom, okay. Yeah, yeah, there it is. I can Sh- see it. Shit, I want to now. I want to watch this. Now you want to watch it. Now my other one that. is because you know that '60s or '70s vibe. Uh, Tomb of Dracula <laughs> with uh, Willem Dafoe or Ray Fiennes as Dracula. It has if you haven't read. Tomb of Dracula. That is a wacky book. And you Marv totally... Wolfman and Jerry, Jerry uh, Conway. I think. Gene Colan. Gene Colan. There you go. Yeah. Jerry Conway is a writer. Well, there you have it. Oh, and we, and he said uh, non superhero comics. So Tintin. Yeah, sure, whatever. There you go. <laughs> you know what? Tintin was already done really well as a movie. It was. That's a. Great I still want movie. my. I still want my Peter Jackson one. They're going to switch off. There's going to be a Spielberg one and then a Peter Jackson one. Really? Yeah. I think it was going to be more than two. I thought it was, I thought it was going to be a trilogy they were going did to take it, turns did doing. Did it not do well enough? I mean, it won awards. It was really good. Yeah. I remember I remember watching that and just going, hey, Lindsay, this is really, really excellent, isn't it? Yeah. And That and sequence where they're chasing the, the bird? Down the, the hill? Uh, thing? Thing? Yeah, no, that, totally. It's a great one. Great stuff. Well, there you go. Uh, if you enjoyed those emails and you would like to take part in this process... Uh, as our Canadian friends up north say. Sorry. Uh, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Tell us who you are, where you're from. Um, try to keep it to around 30 seconds if you're calling in. Um, and there you go. Uh, we have a couple of things we wanted to, to bring up. I, I was Somebody asked me, like, what are, you, are you excited for Constantine tonight? And I was like, ah, is that on? <laughs> um, so so t- tell us about... Don't, Josh... <laughs> I already saw, I saw the pilot a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, don't. Um, I, I waited to watch it until right before we had to record. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just putting it off. Uh, anyway, so we, if you look back in the feed, you will find a special edition podcast on the Constantine pilot, one of them anyway, because they have to sort of completely redo it for the second episode since they got rid of it. So that, that means you have to do a second podcast? No, we're, <laughs> we're not. No. Um, but anyways, if you if you want to hear what we think, it's a very short podcast. Yeah, just like his jacket. There's there's a point in the episode where Connor says, um, "Was there anything you did like?" And I say, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and know, I try to I try to and I try I, to extend that into something else, but it's my, just, the answer's no. <laughs> I mean, basically, then I didn't I didn't hate it. I just didn't care. It was just, I thought it was the most uninspired, just unimaginative. Yes. It was very, uh, it was a shitty TV adaptation. You've seen it, you've seen this before. Yes. And in it, like a bazillion other genre shows. Right, which is not, which John Constantine, uh, there's a lot to that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I don't think that would ever survive on television. So, well, you know, what? I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that show. So there's that show. You can, end, you know, that ends sort of our, uh, our roundup of the new uh Fall TV premieres. What's that the are what's the what's the count? What's the count? I, 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 like like Gotham was yeah, and then right. and then the Flash was very good. Flash is good, and then Constantine is really seriously don't bother. I would I would put Constantine at the bottom. I haven't been watching Gotham. I've been watching and enjoying uh, Flash and uh, Arrow. Okay, there's my jam. Excited for I Riverdale. Am, I am I am almost convinced to watch Arrow because of the people who are just loving it. But I feel like. I feel like I'm still not going to like it. It's 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 fun. It's you know it's it's uh, 
slightly brainier than Smallville was, but yeah, I couldn't much. I couldn't take Smallville. Case yeah. of the week, the like the villain of the week. I, I get sick yeah. of that stuff really fast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but uh, you have another so, you have another show, I guess. I do. I have uh, the podcast called O Comics, uh, which is the official podcast of Panels.net, which is all up and running. Uh, we did the first show uh, with my regular co-host uh, Preeti Chibber, and then uh, she was she's been away in France, so. My good buddy David Acampo guested for the second episode, and since Halloween's coming up, we talked about horror in comics. Horror. Horror? Jeffrey Harwood. Um, cool. Well, congratulations on, uh, on, on all of your success. Thank you, sir. How insincere did that sound? It wasn't supposed to. Sometimes when I say sincere things, they sound insincere. It sounded like you were tr- just trying to be casual. And Okay, I'll go, I'll go with that. You're, so you, I understand. You understand the human condition. That's yeah. fine. Uh, you can head over to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this show. You can uh, check out those other podcasts that we just men- mentioned and talked about. You can go over to panels.net and listen to uh, Paul's podcast um, and all of our other stuff there. Uh, where else are we? Where are we? Where are we? Uh, we're, we're at twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash ifanboy. You can follow us all individually. See us Kilpatrick, Fuzzy Typewriter, and Jack Kanata. When's that going to go away? I don't edit the script that much. Okay. Uh, and finally, if you guys like us or don't, I guess it's, it's up to you. Um, or if you don't like me and you want to leave a, re- a review on Paul's podcast, I guess that's valid. Josh got insulted in a review for O Comics, which yeah. he is not a part of. Nope. Nope. Arrogant he Dillhole. Is, he's welcome to join us at some point, but yeah. Arrogant Dillhole. If you want to write a review, iTunes actually really helps. We're at, we're at over, I just knocked something over. We're at over a thousand. Uh... And then we're in the 700 written reviews, which is pretty good. Um, and no real bad ones for a while, so mm. I guess we can wait for that. Don't write a fake bad one, though. I, my, my ego can't take that. Yeah, don't um, call him an arrogant dill hole. He doesn't like it. Better yet, uh, word of mouth, direct uh, direct argument. Uh, argument. <laughs> direct. Uh, Somebody go write an O-Comics review and say a nice thing about Josh. No, it's no. It's in not. addition to saying no, nice I things. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Okay. Want, I shouldn't be involved with that. Uh, but tell okay. people if you want to tell other people about it. You want to post post the links. Of me? Shave things. Shave. Share things. Um, I'm not ashamed of you. No, no, I'm quite proud of you. Although I don't mean that in a condescending way. I wasn't fishing. That's it for this show. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. I'm Paul, and I'm Josh. And maybe if the three of us will be on a show again together. Things are getting nice. busy, but I think we're good. We're good.